You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Good morning. I I hope this week has been a week uh, of restored hope. I hope that this week as we as we left last Sunday, I hope it was a progression of what the Lord was doing last Sunday morning in this house, that it just continued to increase, that it didn't end. If it ended, that's between you and the Lord, right? We choose victory, and we choose to be who God has called us to be, or we choose not to be, right? So let's choose victory, right? I see, I see victorious ones in here. I don't see any victims, amen? Well, the Lord brought... An amazing and what has been for me a profound revelation this week. I turn to Romans 12 real quick. We'll be in verse 2. This is a common passage. We've read it a lot. But the Lord brought a new understanding. He, he just asked this question of me this week. Um, reflecting on a lot of things. Reflecting on, uh, on our generation. We t- we've been talking in Sunday school about the compassion that, that guided and directed Jesus and the compassion that was always at the source of these miracles. There was always compassion in Him and everything that He did. And I'm not talking about just the laying on of hands and the, the blind seeing the dead rising. I'm talking about the compassion that we see with the woman at the well where He just spoke truth. He spoke and articulated the Father's heart towards somebody else. There was always compassion in these places. And in thinking about this and in thinking about the compassion and how do we, how do we live like Jesus today? How do we reflect Jesus today? And, and really beginning to think, I'm, I was a youth pastor first, and so I can't not think of our kids. I'm raising children. I can't not think of these kids that, that make up such a, uh, such a great majority in our community. There's, there's not as many kids as there are adults, but man, we follow these kids uh, everywhere. And they, they're, there's such excitement in this community around what these kids are doing. And around the school year and all these different things, and I'm reflecting on these children and um, the Lord brought me to Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. A renewing. There's, that he just said, we're, we're seeing right there written, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So there is, a, there is a piece of transformation that happens when the mind is renewed, shaped, and molded as God would have it to reflect His own. Right? This, we've talked about this in Sunday school. This is the process of sanctification. This is the daily walking with God where the transformation happens, where the renewal happens. It's not just one thing that happens on a day where you choose to be a believer in Jesus. It's a process that happens each and every day, taking on the mind of Christ. So the Lord last week, He called out a spirit, not of Him, that has been over this community. Last week it was absolutely called out. And I warned you of this, that when you begin to call out the things of the enemy, he goes into attack mode, right? The dangerous type of predator is a wounded one, right? Coyotes, they're really, coyotes, goodness. They're really not that dangerous when they're just running across the road, but you catch one in a trap, they're pretty vicious. 
It's the same with the enemy. When his, when his plan, when his works are revealed, when the spirit that he sets over communities, the authorities that he has in his own camp, and he sets those over communities, when they are called out, they become more dangerous and they become urgent in maintaining the territory that they have. And I told you that there was, there was an opportunity, there were many opportunities for you this week to fall back into one who is not victorious, one who is without hope, one who is without love, one who is without joy, to fall back into this and to not live as a victorious one. Because if we begin, the sons and daughters, to actually live victorious, then we establish the kingdom of heaven. And they cannot reign where the kingdom of heaven reigns. They cannot reign where the children of God are aware of what they're doing. Because they have no power in those places. Because we take it away. The only power they have is the power that we allow them to have because we don't pay attention to them. But when we call them out and we begin to march against them, all they can do is retreat. Amen? So last week it was called out. And this week the Lord showed me a scheme of the enemy that I have not seen until now. The Lord has spoken to this house over and over about the urgency in which He is moving. And for us to think that He would not also highlight how the enemy is moving against us is foolish. He would give us every weapon that we need that we could go and establish the kingdom of heaven fully and completely, not ever confused, 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 but with perfect clarity and perfect understanding because that reflects Him. That's who God is. He is clarity. He has an has for us understanding. But He showed me this scheme that we are to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. We see that. We read that. But, and this is what the Lord showed me. This is what He asked. Or He didn't ask me, but He, he, he just told me. He said, I cannot renew your mind if I never have the attention of it. Be transformed by the renewal of your minds. How can God renew your mind if you are never thinking of God? If you are never engaged with the Father? Is He just supposed to wait till you go to sleep and then work on you? What's most convenient for you? He cannot transform your mind. He cannot renew your mind. He cannot bring life-changing transformation if you are never engaging with Him. God cannot renew your mind if He never has the attention of it. I've got to read from my phone. So forgive me for that. It's, uh, there was a lot here, and I didn't feel like rewriting it. So I just kept it in my notes on my phone. Okay? So that's all it is. We have, and this is, the Lord really began to unpack this for me. And He unpacked it in the silliest way. Um, I, I secretly don't tell anybody, but I like musicals. Don't say, just keep it on the down low. I'm a sucker for a catchy beat. Like if it's got good rhythm, the drummer in me is like, yeah, we can get down with that. We're good with that. And anyways, there's this, there's this movie coming out or whatever. It's musical and there's been videos on everything um, that we're watching commercials during uh, football yesterday, all this stuff. And this, this kid is in this high school setting, this typical setting, and, but what the Lord showed me is that he was, he was talking about being noticed. If anyone would ever see him, right? He's looking up. And he's looking around. And everyone around him is like this. Walking around. And then I, I looked at, I was watching football yesterday. And these guys, they come walking into the stadium 
to, to do their little walkthrough and start their warm-ups. Every, I'm telling you, every single one, there's like 200 of these guys walking into the stadium to just do their little walkthrough before they get dressed and start warming up. Every one of them is like this. Filming what they're seeing to send it to all of their friends. I'm like, most of you guys are sending these videos to each other. And you are, you, are talk, you, are, you are looking at this great and amazing stadium that you have the opportunity to play in, and it's this big, exciting thing for your career, and you are watching it through your phone, not even actually engaging with it yourself. I, it was the most mind-boggling thing I've ever seen because there was not a single player that did not have their phone doing this the whole thing. That was it the whole time. They're just walking around looking at the world through this. So this is what the Lord began to show me. That we have a distracted generation raising an even more distracted and detached generation. There's this other video. There's this guy. He's on social media, ironically enough. He goes around and he asks people. He just point blank goes up to him and asks him, are you happy? He asks him two questions. Are you happy? And you get some profound and amazing answers, and you also get some heart-wrenching answers. And he asked this kid, are you happy? And this kid, he can't be more than 23, 24 years old. And he says, no, I'm not. He's like, okay, why? He just starts talking about he's lost a lot of people in his life that he didn't really plan to lose years ago, and he's still not over it. He's still not processed it. He's still not found any comfort. Hey, unfortunately, this guy asked him the question on one of these days where he was really, really having a hard time with it. A lot of people that he wasn't counting on losing that he lost. And then he asked him this question of, you know, what, what one message do you have uh, to the rest of the world? And this guy's like, don't hold grudges. So obviously there's, he held some grudges. He lost some people that he didn't want to lose and there was no resolve but what was more profound to me was how this guy articulated that he's not ever found comfort and these people died years and years and years ago. This kid is still dealing with this to the point where he's, he's in tears just because someone asks about it. He can't process it. That doesn't mean... Those of us who have lost people in here know that loss doesn't ever get easier. It, you just learn how to live with it. But what we're seeing now is people don't know how to live with it. Because there's a distracted generation. There's a distracted generation. This, we live so distracted that when we have to come back to reality, we can't handle it. It overwhelms us. Because we process everything through these distractions. Everything is processed through this distraction. Our, our phones, now this is just the tangible one that I can use, but that's not the only thing. We use everything as a distraction. Our world is constantly and continuously distracted. And there's a generation growing up and raising kids that don't know how to handle the world around them. And it's the design of the enemy. Distract so they can never see the reality of themselves and their impact on the world around them. If I can't handle the world around me because I'm always so distracted by everything else, and by the way, when I'm just distracted by this, when our kids are distracted by this, all they're being told over and over is who everybody else says that they are. And that's all they know. And then they look up and they see the world around them. They have no idea how to handle it, how to process it, that they retreat back into the distraction. 
it, you know, it was another, the Lord has kind of led me on this thing, but I was talking to a parent at a football game, and this kid, he's a kid, but he made a mistake, and you're like, why, why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. And the parent goes, well, kids don't watch football anymore. Like, oh, yeah, they don't. Saturdays, that's what we did. I sat down, me and my dad, and we watched football. Sundays, we watched. I mean, that's just what we did, and we did it together. Kids don't do that anymore. They're so distracted, they're so gone that there's not even an interest in the things that they dedicate their lives to. They're so distracted. They're so distracted by everything else, and they don't ever engage with anything. And then this is the really sad part. We see parents distracted. We see parents that are just as deep into their phones as their kids are. The parents are so distracted, so they're never speaking over their children the reality of who they are. The significance of who they are. It goes unsaid. I've asked this question of so, so often. The first message I brought here when I was, when I was uh, received, just coming to accept the call as youth pastor was about how in Judges we read how this generation died that had encountered the miraculous of God over and over and over again and then a generation that their kids arose that did not know God. Like how is that possible? And it's these moments right here. How can we... Go and raise a generation that would not know God? It's because we too are so distracted that we don't even, our, we don't even acknowledge our kids. So we never speak over them the goodness of God. We never show them and we never articulate the things about who they are. The Lord revealed to me when my boys were in their mother's womb who they were. Who He had called them to be. And they will never know it if I don't speak it. It's easy for me, I'm, I'm a loner, and so it's easy for me to be alone most of the day, and all the, uh, you know, I interact with people for moments, but I'm mostly alone going to different things. And then I get home, and I just continue that mentality of being alone. And I start to shut off the world around me, and then my kids go unnoticed. N- nothing of significance spoken over them. And all of a sudden, a day is gone where they have not heard about who God is and who they are in Him. And just like that, years go by and a generation grows up only knowing how to be distracted as the generation that raised them was. And that's the design of the enemy. That's the scheme that he has. And then we also have this group of people. We have this, going, you know, going back to this, this movie trailer, this guy, he's looking around, asking if anybody will ever see him, if he'll ever engage with anyone. He's desperate for it. There are are people, and we label them as odd sometimes because they just don't fit in with society or whatever. They They don't look like the norm. And most of the time, those people are not infatuated with the things that culture is infatuated with. So they they see no value in this. And so we think they're weird. Are you not on social media? Oh, it's weird. You're weird but they don't see any value in it. Like, praise God for those ones. But the thing is, is those ones end up looking up. They're not looking down distracted. They're looking up and they see themselves alone. And then they see themselves as having to process this alone. That's just as bad. Because they're alone with no 
solid foundation to stand on because they've never been told about who they are. They still don't know anything. They're just willing to look up. They don't want to be distracted, but they still don't have any tool in their arsenal to protect them from this scheme. And the thing is, and what we see here, is that we are not made to be alone. We are made for one another, but we miss one another because we go through our lives distracted, totally passing each other by, never engaging with one another, totally distracted. And we're raising a generation to be totally distracted. Never able to engage, never able to deal with the, with the fact of reality and what, what is around them. These kids, I mean, we're talking about elementary school kids that are on anti-anxiety and depression medication. What? What do they have to be anxious about? But they don't know how to deal with the world around them. They were never taught. And then we talk about this. I mean, we have the audacity, and I have had the audacity to say these kids don't know how to work. They don't know how to go out there and work with a, with a man, build something, be cool, whatever. Only reason I know how to do that, because my grandfather got off his butt, picked me up, and took me to work. It's the only reason I know how to do anything. We'll point fingers at what the world is not doing. We won't fix it. We'll point fingers, ah, this is a distracted generation. I'm going to text about it. I'm going to post it on Facebook. It's not doing anything. You're pointing a finger at the problem. Not engaging with the problem. But the day has come where the children of God either engage with the problem or you shut up, sit on the sidelines, be quiet. Because the world's going where it's going. And you're helping it go there. You either get up, get your hands dirty, or be quiet. Stop saying you're a follower of Jesus. Because that ain't it. Jesus was silent when he was told to be. He spoke when he was told to speak. But he was never still. He was always engaged. He was always moving. We are not made to be alone. We are made for one another. And you've got to see, I, I will recognize this plan of the enemy is brilliant. Distract them. So they never know the reality of who they are. And what they can do. The impact they can have on the world around them. Distract them. Get them addicted to things where they find their, their identity, they find their escape from reality through these distractions. But that, just as we talked about last week, the spirit that we called out, from the second we called him out, Kate stood up here and began to speak in it and speak towards it. And we call out the spirit his power began to, began to fade. He began to lose his foothold over this community. That there were no longer, Sundown would no longer be a community full of victims, but a community full of victors. And so, it's the same with this. If we, the children of God, those with the power and authority to make the change, are aware of what the enemy is doing, then already now, he's losing his ability to do it. If, we continue to engage in it. If we are aware, remain aware, and engage as the Lord would call us to engage, the kingdom of heaven gets established, the strongholds of the enemy fade. But then I came to this question. A question I'm still asking, but the answer is very simple. 
And we'll look at three scriptures. How do we minister to a distracted world? How do we minister to a distracted world? John 5, 19 through 20. When I, when I come to these questions, I've got to recognize Jesus was fully God, fully man. He is perfect theology. He lived the life with every answer of the life that I will live. So that I can live too as He did. Just as He did. Same power, same authority. Because I too am a son of God. John 5, 19 through 20. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. In Ephesians 5, 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. The answer is simple. How do we, the children of God, the sons and daughters, how do we break this distraction? How do we begin to minister to a distracted world? We walk with clarity. It's so easy. We walk with clarity. There is not a single moment where the Lord refuses to give clarity to His people. There is not a single moment where He will refuse that. We walk with clarity. Eyes open, ears open. No surprise that the Lord promises those who seek Him to have eyes to see and ears to hear what His will is. We must not simply have clarity in here though. We do have clarity in here. If I were to ask you right now, what has the Lord called us to in this season? You could begin to rattle off the answers. But you have to have that same clarity out there. We're not distracted right now because the guy with the microphone's yelling at you. But what happens when, the, when all of this fades and it's quiet? Do you still see with clarity what the Lord is doing? Or do you immediately retreat back to the distraction? There have been times, and we do this, man. I have done this. Where I see somebody that I don't really feel like talking to, and I imaginary, I'm, my phone just begins to ring. And I have to answer it out of nowhere. Right? And we walk by, I'm like, oh, hey, Mr. Man. Hey, cool. Yeah, all right. Are they gone? All right, cool. Faking that. But we do that. Just to not engage. Because we've gotten so bad at engaging with the world around us. Because we've lived distracted for so long. That cannot be the case anymore. We have to have clarity each and every day on what the Lord has called us into. He has called us to be for this community. He has called us to run out, to, to engage, to receive to clothe in truth and righteousness the prodigal sons and daughters that are seeking to return home. 
but have no way of getting there themselves. He has called us out to them. He has called us to establish the kingdom of heaven where we are. Now. Not someday, but now. We look at, so oftentimes we look at what the Lord has spoken with future tense. It's something that's to come. No, it's now and to come. But it's for right now. It's for you right now to establish the kingdom of heaven where you are right now. But we have got to stop looking down. We have got to be a generation of people that look up and walk with clarity. The clarity that only comes from the Lord. The truth and righteousness that only comes from walking with the Spirit of God. And we have to begin to actually walk in boldness. It is, it is time, I talked about this in Sunday school, but it is, it is time for the children of God to stand firm as the lighthouse stands firm. We talked about this morning how... It was, it was a funny video. I should have played it in here just because it's funny, but this guy's in a coffee line. And he's this young guy, and he's like, I, he said, I, I don't know what to believe anymore because I can, I can look up anything for anything and I can be right. So he's like, watch, I bet I can, I can look up the coffee causes blindness. And he looks it up. And guess what it says? Coffee causes blindness. And he's like, but now I bet I can look it up and coffee will improve eyesight. And he does. And that's what it says. And so he's like, so how are you ever right when everything you look up always says that you are right? And both sides of the fence are like this. We see this right now in our community, in our world. There are many issues where there are two camps. And one says that the other is wrong, and the other says that the other is wrong, and they're both correct. Because they're pursuing right and wrong, and they're saying that this is truth. Right and wrong is relative. I don't think, I don't think it's a right thing to eat bats. I could go to the Amazon somewhere. I bet somebody's like, this is the best thing in the world, Bats. Right? That's a, it's a different thing. There's a, there's, a gener, there's a group of people that says pork is bad. That's wrong. Do not eat that. I think it's the right thing to do. I think you put bacon on everything. That fluctuates. So the truth in which we anchor our lives to cannot be based on these things. But that's the world that we see. And so there's no clarity. There's, there's no clarity at all. There's only a haze. And now we see a generation of people rising up that are depressed and anxious before they can even spell the words. Riddled with anxiety, riddled with depression. They don't know how to spell it, but they are taking medicine for it. There has to be a people that rise up with clarity and walk undistracted, clear of mind, clear of heart, knowing exactly where the Lord is leading them to and walking with purpose. That has to be seen. You know, we, we were talking about it in, uh, in Sunday school again. Sunday school is really great, and I'm plugging it a lot, so just come. Okay, it's good. But we were talking about how the generation now, they, they're just so confused, and they don't want to disappoint people because they really don't understand uh, that just trying to do something and failing doesn't, lead to disappointment, but they don't know that because no one's ever told them that. No one's ever instructed that just doing your best, regardless of the outcome, makes people proud and they love you and whatever, but no one knows that. So kids nowadays just won't do it. I'm inadequate, so I'm just not going to participate. 
But then I talked, I was like, I did the same thing. But my generation, it wasn't that we wouldn't try, we would try. But the whole time we knew we were inadequate, so if there was a little bit of success, we'd self-sabotage, destroy it, because I want people's expectations to get too high to where I let them down. But now you've got a generation that won't even engage. They won't do it at all. And that's the progression of the generational stronghold. What do you think the next step is? I'll tell you. It's already happened. What's the point? What's the point? They won't even try to live their day-to-day life. That's what we're seeing now. So if you can find an excuse for your own life of sitting still and not being a part of this, I would love to hear it. Because I see a generation that is desperate for the sons and daughters of God to walk with clarity and purpose and to walk in fullness of who God has called them to be because they are desperately waiting for you. And to when the Lord highlights what the enemy is doing to walk with clarity, knowing what you're going up against this week. The Lord is leading you to a distracted place, to a distracted people. He's not asking you to say anything or do anything but live with clarity in your own life. To live anchored to who God has called you to be. Don't worry about anybody else. We're not there yet. Live anchored to who God has called you to be. And watch that simple reality change the world around you. When people encounter people that walk in what everyone was made for, it affects them. It affects them. I didn't know the Lord I didn't know the Spirit of God, but I can tell you when I encountered Him. Because I was made for Him too. I just encountered Him in somebody else. So we need to walk with clarity. The children of God, how do we minister to a distracted world? Walk with clarity in your own lives. And engage with your children. What can you control? You can control your household and how you engage with them. should not be a child that leaves your home that does not know who God has called them to be. We can't afford it anymore. Speak it over them. Now, if they don't choose it, they don't choose it. But it won't be because you didn't speak it over them each and every day and engage with them fully to make sure they knew who the Lord made them to be and who He was to you and who they are to Him. Amen? So that's what needs to happen. And I can't tell you with... I mean, I was a youth pastor... For a long time, and so I've seen this myself, but I also see how it's changing even now, how the kids are even, they're they're so different. And I've only been out of that position for two years, almost two years, not even two years. And it's all of a sudden, it's like a group of people that I, I don't even recognize. That's how fast it's changing. So we have to, we have to live as God has called us to live now with clarity, as victors, and then with clarity. If you're going to be a victim, you can't walk with clarity because you're already not seeing it right. You are victorious. There is not a person in this room that is not victorious. So just receive it and be it, victorious. You don't strive for it. You don't achieve it. You just say yes to it, and you are victorious. Amen? And then live it. And allow the Lord to bring clarity in your own life that you could bring clarity to the lives of those around you that they would not be a distracted generation anymore because that was the scheme. Get them distracted to where they can't engage with the world around them. And he's got them. And he's done it well. But the thing about it is now the children of God are aware of it. 
So it cannot advance any longer, amen? And now it begins to retreat. Because I refuse to raise a distracted generation. I refuse it. I refuse to raise a distracted generation. I pray and I hope to God that my kids loathe their phones. But it's got to start with me. I pray that they would just, I'd rather not with the TV. There's a world around me. I want to engage with it. That starts with me being like, you know what? I need a break from these kids I've been around for 30 seconds, so I'm going to put on a show. I do that. I'm not speaking to anyone but myself. I've come home tired, and my boys demand 100% of my attention. It's like, how about we 100% watch something else and we'll sit on the couch next to each other? That ain't it. Because a day just went by where they didn't know who they were called to be because it was not spoken over them. They did not engage with the Jesus I want them to engage with. They engage with a Jesus that keeps them at a distance. I, will, I am the Jesus that they will know. We cannot be attracted to Jesus, unwilling to engage. Amen? But it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us refusing anything else. And now the thing is, is the Lord has shown you what is happening. You have clarity. He has shown and revealed to you what the world around you is going through. And He's given you the key to set them free. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.